Back when I started Deadeye, I knew I wanted to innovate the barbecue game. Since day one, we've offered a premium barbecue product unlike anything else on the market. Great Aunt Irene had something special tucked away on a recipe card in her cupboard, and there was no way we weren't gonna do something about it. So we decided to take it one step further, introducing Deadeye Superfood Barbecue Sauce. We've got five new flavors, graviola, acerola, pink guava, acai, and dragon fruit. They're the first of its kind, and they're packed with flavor. Find it at your local grocer today or at deadeyebbq.com. This podcast contains material that is intended for mature audiences and may not be suitable for all listeners. Enjoy. Here's to the finely tuned athlete on the verge of greatness. Hi. I don't want to get on the bandwagon. I'll burn that wagon down and join the band. Traveling troubadours terrorizing street corners just to try to get some supper in our hands. Now I waited all my life to get this off my chest Green buddy murder until someone understands That it ain't about the money, the drugs, or the women I make this noise just because I can And we'll all join in To that original sin So let's get rowdy and reckless Let's get rowdy and reckless Let's get rowdy and reckless Just for that Hello and welcome to another edition of Old Man Strength, a podcast of the Tailgate Society and brought to you by Deadeye Barbecue Sauce, the best damn barbecue sauce in the known universe. You can go ahead and check them out on the web at deadeyebbq.com. Go ahead and find us at thetailgatesociety.com. I am Tim Johnson, joined as always by Chris Shipley. Chris, how are we doing this evening? Doing good, doing good. How are you? I am doing well. It has been uh, kind of a whirlwind since last we talked. I've had a little bit of adventures, everything from a flat tire uh, to a sick kid who got sick twice in my car. So it has been uh, nothing short of... of uh, dad adventures <laughs> by all means so uh yeah i'm kind of looking forward to sitting down having a, a a drink and and having a little chat well it just shows you how uh, different we are in our parenting times right now i just uh the boys uh, josh and jordan just graduated uh, from high school uh saturday so we went to graduation we're gearing up for their grad party and then super excited in a couple months it'll just be me and stacy in the house by ourselves uh she doesn't see she thinks it'll be a big change i quickly remind her that the boys never come down and talk to us anyway so it'll be no different than <laughs> yeah i i can imagine uh it's slightly different you know um, for nine o'clock at night they won't come down and eat a bunch of shit and get into stuff and they usually will go are you guys going to bed yet <laughs> yeah we're going to bed why do you want to go downstairs and get something to eat now yeah like, i was gonna say your, your grocery bill is probably going to be the biggest difference uh, more than anything, uh, which, man, just having a, a, a kindergartner, I, I know how much she eats, but 
uh, a couple of teenage boys, uh, that has to put a dent in, in the pocketbook for sure. Especially, especially when their ADHD medicine wears off. They're like oh. zombies. <laughs> oh, I am sure. Uh, well, good, man. I'm really kind of excited to, to have some fun conversation tonight. Like I said, it's, it's been a long one and I've needed it. I've got myself, uh, I poured myself a drink, uh, but I will go ahead and let you introduce our guest for this evening. All right. Well, uh, we are super appreciative. Uh, we have, I feel like I'm introducing from Rocky five or Rocky four when, uh, Apollo has all these nicknames and, and this is how I feel when I'm going to introduce <laughs> tonight's guest. Uh, I would say he, uh, goes by QB one, uh, Des Moines hometown team hype man, uh, Des Moines natural born athlete and producer of the best morning show on KXNO or any other station and resident Notre Dame White Sox fan and host of the Sean Taraz show, Sean Roberts. How you doing, Sean? I'm, I'm doing good. What's going on guys. This is, I'm excited about this and, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. <laughs> How was that hyped? Was that, is that, that, was, a, that was a good intro. I, you gotta give uh you gotta go, you know, give a sup. You gotta throw that in there. Um, <laughs> I, sound so, I sound so old when I say that, though. <laughs> no, that's fine. It's so bad. Uh, no, that's fine. But uh, no, that was that was a good intro. That you you pretty much hit on everything right there. Except the uh, host of the Saturday morning pregame. Oh, you got to put that one in there. Course. Right. It's okay. It's okay. People forget about it, but it it, it's, it means a lot to me. So <laughs> it's, it's a fun thing. I, it's I would imagine that's a hard one to do. Uh, in the off season, maybe a little bit. It's a lot more fun, I would imagine, for you. Football season, tailgating, people going to going to the games or whatever, and tuning you guys in. So yeah, I mean the 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 point behind getting that show is um, AD always wanted a Saturday show. Our boss Andrew Downs always wanted a Saturday show on KXNO, and there was always a, a takedown wrestling, which is great and it was fine. Um, but we wanted to kind of. We wanted something for the up and comers on our station to have to be able to host and get reps and and do that. But also, we wanted to bring content to it. And um, and Emery and I, Emery Songer and I, started it. And uh, the the idea was, man, football season. Like we're going to lead up right up to the eleven o'clock kickoffs. Put us down at like farmers market. Put us out on tailgates. That type thing. Um, and we did. You know, when Iowa State, Iowa, the college game day. Uh, up in Ames, we did a we did a four hour show up there, which isn't easy, um, and it has a lot of moving parts. Especially especially when we've never done a four hour pregame show, um, but I mean, we had everyone from Gary Dolphin to uh, the Bush Light guy came on. Um, we had uh, not Matt Campbell, the fake Twitter yeah. guy, came on our show, mm -hmm. and so so it was just like all these people. It was just kind of just. Like crazy, but that's kind of the idea of what we wanted the show to be is us being out um, on the town, being, you know, being out with the people. Um, and now with, you know, me and Z, Eric Zamora doing the show, ideally, that's what we want to continue. And now that the pandemic's over, hopefully we can get it. Well, not over, but we're stuff's opening up and hopefully we can get out there um, and start doing live remotes and stuff, because that was kind of the whole point of what we wanted to do with the show in the first place. So um, haven't been really able to do that in the last year obviously but but yeah so it's fun it's a lot it's a lot of fun yeah the last year has probably put uh like thrown you guys for quite a curveball really uh just 
because not only are you not able to go out and do all these live remotes, uh, just the general kind of tenor of the sports scene has been different. Even when there are games going on, there aren't people at those games. Like everything about that type of mood and that vibe and what you want to talk about has had to have been different and, uh, you know, cast a different light on how uh, you would kind of talk about things like that. Yeah, the well, I mean, just in general, the whole last year, I mean, it it seems crazy. But before the pandemic happened a month and a half prior to that, we were fired, you know, and and so that that kicks off your year, right? Like you're you're like, oh, we got all these plans and this and that. And two weeks later, boom, you get fired. You become a national story. You're, you know, and then you get rehired. You're uh, out of over a thousand people that were let go. Only we were the only six that were brought back were. You know, I was listed in in uh, Rolling Stone magazine as a dude that made minimum wage. And so like, OK, great. That's out there now. So <laughs> um, like, you know, so Just by process but, of elimination, they figured out. Right, like, everyone's like, OK, well, Chris Williams doesn't make a minimum wage. Right. Like Heather's not making minimum wage. Let's let's do the math here. Um, but uh, so that was I guess if there was a way for me to in Rolling Stone magazine that was it um but it, yeah the year starts off like that we get rehired which was awesome and and everyone was so just everyone was awesome was so great um from advertisers to listeners to to Murph and Annie to to everyone that stood up for us um and that's something that I know none of us will ever get forget but I definitely will never forget um and then you know a month and a half later the world shuts down and it's like okay we get this new FM signal. We get, we you know, we get all this new stuff that's supposed to, you know, pull reason for bringing us back, and we get tossed this curveball where sports are taken away from us. Um, just life in general was kind of taken away from us, you know, and we're not allowed to do remotes, and we're not allowed to. We have really, we sit. You sit there and you go, "What do we talk about?" Well, like Chris, as you know, listening to the Morning Rush, we're like this is prime. This is prime for us. Like, you kidding me? We got to go on here two hours a day and just have fun. We don't really have to cover anything. Like, this is great. Um, but you go through that uh, with no sports and then sports come back and then you have the George Floyd incident happen. And, and you have, obviously it was a national thing, but stuff here happened locally. And so you cover that stuff. And it was just a really, really weird year. And you get thrown all these different curveballs and you have to adjust. And, and, and now we're finally being, you know, I think when football, when baseball came back, they were like, all right, we got baseball to cover, right? Like NBA playoffs, we can talk about, they're in a bubble. Is anything interesting happening down in the bubble? Um, but when football came back, it kind of gave us, okay, now we can start getting back into getting ready for game weeks and prepping that stuff. And, and, yeah, but uh, it's been a crazy last year as far as far as being able to cover stuff. Well, I, I will tell you just from my perspective and and um, I picked up on it a little bit was it's I think you're you're selling yourself a little short, too, and that you went through <laughs> some personal stuff there, too. Yeah. And I'm not asking you to, 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 to dive deep into that. But what I want to bring up is, is that through all that stuff, everybody else is going through all this stuff the same as you are with the pandemic and not and, and you just lost your job and then come back or whatever but then you had some personal stuff that it went on and i remember you talking about having the courage enough to go and try to get some help and yeah 
yeah. I always, and, and again, not asking you to, to, to talk deep into that, but I just wanted to point out how admirable I thought that was for somebody, not to sound condescending, but I'm, I'm 50 years old, right? You're a much younger kid than I am. But for you to be able to recognize that and, and know that you needed to get some help and whatever, you should be commended for that and for being open about it in case there was anybody else out there that were that was hurting or, or things like that. It, it's a yeah. kind of a big deal. So you, I admired you for that. And, and as I've seen on Twitter and on the phone calls and on Facebook or whatever, you're an open book on that show and you, you are a big on that show and you're a lot, and, and it's really enjoyable to listen to you. But I think sometimes people man take some shots at you that I just don't think are fair sometimes. And sometimes mm. as a dad, I'll go, I'll sit there and I go, and I'll go, man, you don't have to make a comment about every single thing. But man, yeah. you, go on, you go on the radio every morning and you take it and you're a good sport about it. And I just think that's, that's commendable. Uh, I, I appreciate that, Chris. And yeah, the, the, the mental health aspect of things, man, like I just found myself in a really weird place mentally and and it wasn't like I never had any like crazy thoughts or anything like that. But, you know, I needed to talk to somebody that didn't know who I was. And I needed to talk to somebody that didn't give two craps of what I do or what I'm about or anything. And I just needed someone to vent to about certain things in life and also make changes. You know, things weren't working out in my life. And it was like, okay, well, why aren't certain things working out? Like, what am I doing or what are certain situations? And, and so just being able to talk to somebody and, and go through that. And I've been going to therapy now every other week. Uh, it was every week. Now it's down to every other week. I mean, over for over a year now. Um, and it's been just awesome. And I look forward to it. I, you know, and it's like now I don't have a lot of issues. Right. But it's I, I look forward to it because I can just talk to somebody. You know, I, I'm not talking to my girlfriend. I'm not talking to my, my family. I'm talking to someone who has really gotten to know me in a different way than everyone's ever gotten to know me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I'm, it's funny you brought, you brought up the, like, you know, me being vulnerable and putting myself out there with that stuff. And, and I was, and I was like, I don't, if I can have a platform, I don't think I really have a big platform at all, but if I have any sort of platform, that it's okay for people to go to therapy and you'd be amazed at how many men have DM'd me, have reached out to me saying like, Hey, I've always thought about going to therapy. I've never done it. I've been thinking about it for like, like 10 years. I'm going to go next week. I'm going to set up my appointment and I'm all for it. And I always say too, if you ever, if anyone ever needs anyone to talk to DM me, you know, like I have no problem talking and, and just talking through help, trying to help people's problems because it sucks when you're going through shit, you know? And if, if I can be someone to lean on, then absolutely. I have no problem doing that. Tim and I have talked about the same thing. And part of the reason why we like to do this podcast is there's a lot of life experiences that I've lived and that he's lived that we've talked about and been open about, whether it was my, you know, my, my, daughter who is transgender or my cancer diagnosis mm -hmm. or a lot of the things that I go through with my dad and, and, and all the things that Tim has talked about, you know, we joke, you know, we probably have seven or eight listeners, but man, if, you know, if one or two of those guys get something out of it and, and it is nice to get that DM or whatever from somebody that maybe listened to an episode and said, Hey, what you said really touched me or really, that just makes it worth it for me. Yeah, for, for sure. And, and, you know, I, I love when I get those messages, man. 
you know, because it means that I've had an, I've, I've had an impact and, and that person felt comfortable enough to DM me or tweet at me or whatever the case is to let me know, like, Hey, because you put this out on Twitter that you love that, or that you've been going to therapy and you love it. And this and that I feel comfortable enough to either reach out to you and ask how it was or that because of you, I'm going to go. And that's an impact right there. And that, and that's, I want to do good in the world, you know, and, and, and for, for what I can be able to do. And I might not make a lot of money and be able to donate to charities and all that, but if this is a way that I can help, then this is a way for me to help. Well, we already know that you make minimum wage. So yeah, of course. Right. Yeah, well, <laughs> hey, that, that changed now. That changed now. That was part of, that was part of me coming back. That, that had to change. So uh, <laughs> got his name as part of the intro now. He's getting he's getting yeah, yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> no, right. no, I I can I can thoroughly appreciate that. If there's one thing I've tried to do over the last year is be more open and honest about my mental health challenges, be open and honest about being on medication, about Mm -hmm. uh, what my di diagnoses are and trying to, to destigmatize uh, mental health challenges because there's, there's certainly a part where, um, you know, it's gotten slowly better, but, you know, <sighs> Chris can talk, uh, you know, at length about what it was like in the eighties where any man to admit any type of weakness whatsoever. Um, you know, you, you just didn't do that type of thing. And, and so I think being more open and honest about uh, the challenges that are going on because it, everyone is human. And I think just allowing people to be human and most of the problems that we talk about, uh, we run into today you know, with quote unquote toxic masculinity or whatever. It's just because it's, it's all a huge mask for insecurity. And so I, I would rather, Absolutely. Yeah. No, for I, sure. I'd rather be able to talk about these things open and honestly and let people feel free to, to talk about the things that they're not secure about so that it doesn't turn into something negative down the road. Absolutely. And like, for me, I'm open and honest about it because I just don't give a crap, you know, like I, I, whatever Joe who's been sitting in his basement if he wants to make a comment about, me going to therapy then what whatever like yeah. if, if you think that makes me soft or whatever the case is i that does, i don't care you know i'm who i am and i have no problem with being who i am i always want to strive to be a better person but also we all go through shit and if you can have the opportunity to talk about it or vent about it or get help on certain things go do it and if you judge someone for doing that then i mean you probably you need to go talk to yeah. somebody you know exactly. what i mean exactly yeah well tim had mentioned you know the 80s and the, and the stigma of the 80s and 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 me being older and and understanding where that's coming from it's still hard for me to admit sometimes when i'm when i am having a rough time or whatever and i and i've had some rough patches here the last few months with you know just things uh, with career-wise and 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 other things and I and I've got two or three things that are in kind of a hopper that I've been waiting on and waiting on and they're at a standstill and I just I, I had a conversation with Stacy yesterday that I don't know why I'm sad and I'm I feel even worse when I burden her with it because I don't want her to worry about me so then I just keep my mouth closed and I'm silent and I don't know how to rectify that either because I don't want her to worry about me and it's that whole thing Tim that you had talked about 
I feel like I'm the man and I'm the husband and I should take care of that and not worry and burden her with that. And I need to understand that that's not how that works, but it's just second nature. It's hard. It's hard. Chris, like what you're talking about, like, and this is something that I always battle. And I don't know if it's, you know, kind of, if it's just around the same thing, but for me, I was talking about, and part you know, part of this, when I was had this whole, I wanted to change my mindset on life and, and change how I approach things, you know, and I was reading these, these mental health books and how to change your brain and, and all this stuff. And so uh, allowing the universe to work and, you know, some that my therapist and I have been really hammering is um, how I, I used to really struggle with when things are going good to wait for another shoe to drop type thing. And, and, and start, I would start looking for the negatives to happen. Like, okay, things are going too good right now. Um, you know, when am I going to get a flat tire? When is my car going to shut down or when's something going to happen to me? And I had to stop thinking that way because what it was doing was it was taking me away from the moments and it was taking me away from, the, the day-to-day stuff, like being in that day, you know, and enjoying the good times and not being like, okay, things are going too good. I'm going to take that good, the good stuff and that good mood and that happiness and look into some bullshit that's going to ruin my mood and put me down, you know, and I struggle with it all the time, whether it comes with financial stuff or um, if I know I have a busy week in a week or two weeks, whatever the case is, Instead of just living in that now and enjoying the time with my girlfriend or um, just sitting here and relaxing for once, I struggle with that balance of, man, just stop thinking about the stuff that's going to happen. You know, live in, live in the now because the universe is going to work in its, in its way. And that's why I just focus on being a good person all the time because I don't want bad karma. But that's the thing for me is like just live in the happy moments, you know? And don't worry about all the other bullshit. It's hard not to. And it's hard, you know, when you know you have things on your mind, but worry about the happy moments and live in that day. For sure. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about living in the day. Let's talk about, yeah. let's talk about Chicago growing up in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I lived in a, you know, a small market Des Moines my entire life. So I have no concept of growing up with major sports teams in my town and so on. My first question is, is why are you a Giants fan and not a Bears fan? And what is wrong with you? So, uh, <laughs> like so I grow up in Chicago and be a Giants fan. And I, I think it has something to do with your middle name, which makes me want to punch you right in your face. Cause I can't. Right. But. <laughs> so, so, uh, so I'm from Hanover Park, Illinois, which is a northwest suburb, uh, about 25, 30 minutes out of Chicago. Um, and I grew up a Giants fan. So my dad is from New Jersey, lived there his whole life, and then um, went to the Navy and had to go to boot camp in, in Great Lakes Boot Camp in Illinois. Then he met my mom, um, and then he ended up just moving to uh, the suburbs with my mo- with my mother. Um, and when I was born. I was born. I mean, my dad was big blue all the way. Right. And so when I was born, I was, I didn't really have a choice. And then, yeah, my middle name is Philip after Phil Sims. Um, <laughs> so I mean, it could have been worse. Hostetler. So, right, hey, well, and that's why I always defend Phil 
on the morning rush when Heather and Travis want to poke fun at him or whatever. I'm like, Hey, remember I'm named after that man. <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, my middle name is Philip Epstein Sims. I've been a Giants fan, you know, ever since I was born and, and uh, it's growing up, it was always weird with my buddies because they're all diehard bears fans, but, and it's, it's always that awkwardness too. When someone's like, when we start talking about, Oh, you're from Chicago. So like, what do you think of the bears? And it's like, I'm not a bears fan. You know, so it's like I, I follow them and um, I I will I obviously am close to it, um, but I don't care if they win or lose. And I kind of have fun with my Bears friends in your with certain things. You, you kind of grew up in the whole Curtis Enos, Cade McNown I did. Uh, era. So I can see why you wouldn't be a big fan of that. I did. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the first sign of uh, God was what would have been 2001. When the Bears uh, played in the, they went to the playoffs. Um, they were. And this was before even like Soldier Field was redone. Yeah. Um, this was old Soldier. They had, the the Bears had Mike Brown. Um, yes, and he had those like back to back games where he won a game on an interception for a yeah, touchdown, which is like and the yeah. other one was against San Francisco. That was the first I time. Remember exactly my, what games you're yeah, talking about. That was the first time in my life that the Bears were relevant, and I didn't know how to take it because the year before. The year before that, um, when I was in sixth grade, the Giants went to the Super Bowl and played the Ravens. So I was all – Oh, my God, I'm all, so old. But like, <laughs> so I was – I remember – and that's why, like, I have fun with, you know, being a Giants fan when Vikings fans want to have, you know, start talking crap because I just go 41 to nothing because that was the NFC Championship game to go to the Super Bowl, and the Vikings were picked by everybody, everybody. How's that feel? The Giants went out there and Giants went out there and kicked their ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, kick their ass. Yeah, well, you know, as a Vikings fan, um, I'm very I'm sorry. familiar <laughs> with losing games that were just in Minnesota sports in general. I'm very, oh. very familiar with losing games that you're favored in. Um, I'm gonna take it that you're a twins fan too. Uh, I am. We have just won uh, five of the last six. Uh, I'm going to pretend like we're actually doing something reasonable here, but five of the last six is, is pretty darn impressive. That's, we, that's, that's good. That's we good. finally, we finally won our first extra innings game of the entire season. Uh, thanks to a, a three run 10th inning. Uh, so I'm going to pretend like we can put something together and we're not nine and a half games out of first or as a nine uh, games, behind 500 as a white, as a white Sox fan. Um, the twins aren't dead until the division is officially clinched. So I, I, when everyone's like, Oh, we just buried the twins. I was like, stop this. I I've seen too many times. I've watched too many twin seasons that have ruined my seat, my fun as a baseball fan, (laughs) like twins are fine. And until they're officially dead or they sell at the trade deadline, they're in it. No matter how many games back there. Well, we don't have enough to sell at the trade deadline anyway, so <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know that we're going to be uh, sellers or buyers at the trade deadline. I think we're going to just be watchers. Yeah, well, uh, um, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, half you just lose to the Yankees in the playoffs anyway. So I don't well, switch. yes, there's that too. All of our young talent can't stay healthy, and all of our old talent is too old to be attractive to anyone. So, yeah, yeah well, I I know I know that right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so 
but yeah, no, grow, growing up there, uh, growing up in the northwest suburbs of Chicago and being a being a Giants fan, Chris was it's interesting for sure. That was uh, is different. And then on top of it, a White Sox fan, which I don't hate the White Sox, even though I'm a Cubs fan. I just don't. I'm not in that city, so I don't. I don't get the full hate. Yeah, no. Imagine, especially you being on the north side. That yeah. I mean, was that just pure rebellion? Like that had to be just a middle finger. Like you know what? Fuck you guys. I'm going <laughs> for the White Sox. Well, so so here's the thing: is again, my dad being from New Jersey, when he moved to Chicago, he was a Mets fan. And back in the eighties, you didn't have MLB TV. You didn't have, so for him, he couldn't follow the Mets anymore. Right. And so he kind of adopted the, the socks because he was like, there's no way I could be a Cub fan because of growing up in, you know, with the Mets and the and Cubs were a rival. Yep. Yeah. They were a rival in, you know, so he was like, I'm, I'll make you a white Sox fan. Cause that was kind of the team he adopted. And my mom was, my mom's a Cub fan. Um, my grandma, uh, my mom's mom was a Cubs fan. And, um, so that was weird, but yeah, I was, and, and frankly, so, and I've told this story a couple of times on the morning rush, but my dad being a Mets fan, when I was born, I was almost named Mookie after, <laughs> after Mookie Wilson, who hit the yeah. ball in between Buckner's legs. Um, so I was almost Mookie Philip Roberts, um, which to be honest, and it, in the radio world would have been extremely awkward to be like, you know, Mookie in the morning. And it's, you know, (laughs) (laughs) just, you know, some 31 year old white guys like, Hey, what's going on? Um, But, uh, but yeah, no, it was uh, almost named Mookie. And, um, but yeah, grew up a white Sox fan in the Northwest suburbs, which like my high school had a mixture of white Sox fans, but like there wasn't a, I mean, we were well, well, outdone by Cubs fans. So, yeah. Mookie just... wasn't even his real name. I just want to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nickname. His name was William. He could have been named William in his honor. No, it would have been it would have been Mookie. <laughs> I would have rather had been Mookie than William. So, <laughs> be the whitest Mookie you've ever seen. Right. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Yeah, no, it would have been extremely awkward. That's for sure. I don't well, know I, uh, uh I'm constantly jealous when people talk about baseball and going to see baseball games because I've yet to ever go see a major league game. It just has never seemed to happen. Ever, ever. And I ever, I've never, I've been to a couple NFL games, so on. I've never, but yet again, I have planned a trip to Chicago to go see the Cubs Cardinals with a buddy of mine who's a Cardinals fan. That'll be fun, man. Looking at like June 18th. So that'll, that'll be fun. You'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy it. Um, and are you staying for – you plan on staying for the weekend? We're probably going to – it's a Saturday night game, so we'll probably drive over early Saturday morning, go to the game, and then crash somewhere and then drive home. I would, yeah, get there – I would get there, leave early in the morning, and and try and spend a, a few hours in Wrigleyville. You, you'll enjoy yeah. it. As, you know, as a Cub fan, you'll – for me, that's hell on earth for me. So, <laughs> I <laughs> – but, I uh, but, uh, but, no, you'll enjoy it. It's, it's, uh, it's something that I feel like – as much as I hated it, it's something that every baseball fan should do um, is, is go see a game at Wrigley. And I definitely would go see a game at Fenway if you ever get the opportunity to. I would love that. And I, my yeah. buddy, uh, my buddy, who's a Cardinals fan uh, during the Cubs uh, Indians World Series, I'm sitting in the home. I get a text message. I look, he's in the stadium at the Indians stadium 
at the World Series game and he took a picture and I was like, you motherfucker. I was like, what? <laughs> he's like, oh, we had a business trip and we were able to score some tickets. And I was like, first of all, you don't even like the Cubs. Right. And you better not be buying a fucking Indians hat. I'll be super fucking pissed. <laughs> and the next picture I got was him in an Indians hat. And I was super pissed. Was you better like, you better cherish that because was it a Chief Wahoo hat? I think so. Yeah, it's not gonna, that's not R- going to be around. Yeah, R.I.P. Yeah. Chief Wahoo. You know, yes. right? Legendary logo there. Gone. I uh, one of one of the favorite trips I ever. This was probably 15, 16 years ago. Uh, there were seven other guys and I. We hired a driver and rented a van, and he drove us from Minneapolis down to Kansas City. Uh, so uh, we watched uh, Royals White Sox at Kaufman. And then he and he slept in the van while we were while we tailgated and went to the game and all of that stuff. And then he drove us overnight to Chicago um, with a, a stop in Columbia, Missouri, of all places. I wouldn't recommend that for anyone, um, <laughs> but uh, drove us overnight to Chicago so we could watch uh, Cubs cards at Wrigley the next day and then drive us back home. That's a fun little trip. It was great. I mean, that eight dudes in a van that thing smelled awful um <laughs> can imagine well it, it well actually it smelled good for a while because my friend dustin got sick in the thing and so it had to go get detailed <laughs> <laughs> um but Where's yeah there? you know to to do a whirlwind of of kaufman and and wrigley in 48 hours and back home was was a lot of fun uh so yeah chris i, I agree with sean take take your time to get in and enjoy Wrigleyville and that whole experience, especially you as a Cubs fan, but even as yeah, you're going to have to drink it in, man. Drink it in. Even as a neutral third party, I've done it. I've done it three or four times and man, it is, it's, it's a good time. We were in St. Louis two years ago for vacation and we went down to the arch and there was not a game that day, but we went and ate at ballpark village, walked right outside the stadium. And as much as I hate the Cardinals, I loved, I, I've actually seen two baseball stadiums because I took a tour of or- of Oriole Park two years before that for a business trip. I got to go in- and go inside there. So that was super cool as well. But sure. uh, there is a very nice picture of me and Caitlin with thumbs down in front of the state in-, in front of the Cardinals. <laughs> it was all good. But I can imagine, I mean, just being at Ballpark Village on a game day, that that's a great thing to look at. I mean, that was, that was super cool. I like those places where you walk in and it's almost like you turn a corner from a, from a regular city street and boom, there's the stadium and it's right there. Right. It's not, that's how Wrigley is, man. You know, Wrigley, somewhere out in the middle of nowhere and Wrigley, you're walking, you see like restaurants and then all of a sudden, you know, you got apartments and all of a sudden, boom, like, Oh shit. That's there's a baseball stadium right here. Yeah. That's it's super cool. Yeah. So you said your dad influenced you to be a Giants and a, and a White Sox fan. Let's talk about your dad a little bit. Tell me, tell me about yeah. your dad. What's your dad like? My dad is uh, he's a character. I, I love him so much. And, and, you know, he probably doesn't think this, but I look at him as one of my best friends. Um, he just – he's honestly like – you talked about earlier, Chris, like how I – put up with so much shit, you know? Oh yeah. He made, he made me so mentally tough when it came to stuff just in general. Um, when I was a kid and a lot of it, he was my little league coach. He was my, my youth football coach. 
Um, but he like, he was harder on me than any of the other kids, which I understood. And I, and I, and I totally got that. Um, but he expected the best out of me. He expected, you know, me to carry myself a certain way and, um, to be a leader on some things. Um, but my dad is, he just, he, he has so much fun and it's, it's his personality. Like, you know, part of the reason that I wanted to get into broadcasting in a sense was obviously growing up and listening to the sports radio in Chicago, but my dad, so he ended up, he was a board member for our youth football organization and then became the president of our town, the Hanover Park Hurricanes. But he would announce, he would do the announcing for all the games. And it's just so like, I was around it in a sense. I know it's youth football and all that stuff, but I was around seeing my dad around a microphone and, and, and playing music in between timeouts and all that stuff. And, and it just, it's something that I fell in love watching him do and something that I've part of why I wanted to go in and do what I wanted to do, what I'm doing now. Um, but my dad's just, he's, he's such a fun guy. Um, and he's been through a lot the last few years and, and it, part of it sucks because I can't be there with him, you know? And I think that's the hardest thing about living where I live and, and being away from home. Like that, it, trust me, being away from home has its perks and, and living here. And I love living in Des Moines, but there's things that have happened over the last 10 years that it's like, man, I wish I could be home to be with my dad or, you know, stuff. Um, but no, he's, he's just, he's an awesome dude. He, he, he loves his white socks. He actually, before I got on here, he called me and he was venting about the loss today about to the Cardinals. So um, that's the one thing like we just we could sit there for for hours and talk about how the White Sox are doing or um, and it's stuff that sometimes I. I get so wrapped up in my life and being away from home and wrapped up in, you know, just my everyday routine of going to work at, you know, five in the morning and getting off work for my full-time job at five 30. And then I go and get a workout. I spend time with my girlfriend. I walk my dog, whatever the case is. And then also it's like, Oh crap, I need to call my dad, you know? And, and sometimes I just, I get so wrapped up and I wish I didn't. And, but uh, the times that I get to talk to him, I, I love it. And I, I love, him. I love him so much, you know, and he's come out here a few times and, and he's come on our radio show couple times and his his i think i get like my confidence from him you know because he has a very confident personality I, and, I've and, on the radio a couple of times he does not <laughs> lack the confidence that's no sure. no and, he doesn't and I should tell you it's probably been what three or four years since he's been on the radio and i still remember just enjoying listening to talk and talk about you and just his stories or whatever so that shows you the kind of impact that he had i think just on a short time on somebody yeah. Exactly. And, you know, and to, you know, you talked about when he came on the radio and stuff. And for me to sit there and I'm doing a show and I was able to have my dad on the same show as me in a completely different state than we, you know, I grew up in. And, and, and for him to see it firsthand, like me living out my dream, but also him coming on my show and doing all that. Um, that was awesome that Travis and Heather allowed that to even, you know, happen. And, and, uh, but, but yeah, he's a, he's a character for sure. And his, his confidence does not lack. That's, that's one thing, <laughs> but uh, no, he's, he's awesome. And, and um, I think his work ethics definitely weared off on me too. Um, and yeah, I mean, the guy's was a welder for 25 years, you know, and, and 
doing stuff that he didn't really like, but did it because he had to put a roof over my, you know, our heads and, and everything. So um, I would definitely say my, my work ethic, I think my work ethic, ethic comes from both my parents, um, but my dad for sure, you know, getting, working, you know, eight, nine hour days, whatever the case is, getting off work, throwing me in a car. It's like, okay, I got to go coach little league practice for two, three hours. Then we get home at nine o'clock and it's just like, it's, you know, he took that time instead of his relaxation time and, and all that. So, but, uh, but yeah, no, he's, he's awesome. That's uh, it's one thing that my dad always said was um, it, I always want to leave a better, I always want you to have it better than I did. Yeah. Right? That's every father's wish for their children is to have, have their, their sons or daughters do better than they ever imagined that they could. Um, and that I see it in my kids now and have those aspirations. I tell Caitlin all the time, you know, hell, I, you know, I, I flunked out of college after three semesters, you know, you, you're passing with flying colors or whatever. Although I do remind her that technically because of COVID, she had to come home after three semesters and had to go home. She couldn't go back to school. <laughs> Not necessarily the same reason, but I would right. like to of her head that she didn't last her first three months, three semesters any longer than I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because that both my parents have pushed me to chase my dreams and that's, something you know there were i mean there were times that they were like all right what do you you know what are we doing here making 725 an hour you've been working in the same position for 4 years like what's happening here you're going to be 30 in a couple years what are we doing and which i totally get you know and but at the same time both of them kept pushing me like you're going to you know this is going to happen keep doing it keep going after it and all that so it's it's very important to have your kids back when it comes to that aspect of things. And I'm very lucky that both my parents, as much as we'd have reality talks, you know, about certain things, but at the same time, it was like, if this is something that you want to do, go after it, go get it, you know? So, and I'm still trying to get, get, get it and get after it. So, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, as a dad, I think what I want more than anything for my daughter um, I want her to be happy and I want her to treat other people well. Those yeah. are the two most important things to me. Uh, does that mean that they're, you know, I want to help her to be the best her she can be and help, you know, remind her and make sure that she's taking care of herself or I, I'm taking care of her, all of those things for sure. I want her to learn all those life skills and all those things along the way. But at the end of the day, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to feel most successful if she's taking care of herself, that she's happy and she's treating other people well. And so uh, sometimes I think it's, it's hard for parents to see that. So kudos to your parents for kind of to, for getting that for sure. Yeah. Well, they, and, and they've drilled into me, just always be a good person, you know, always, always be a good person. And when you can do stuff for people or, or treat people the right way, I mean, in eighth grade, I got the carrying award for character counts. You know, like I, I, I care about people. I care. I want people. I don't 
want people to get picked on. I don't want, you know, and maybe, and Chris, again, it goes back to like when people give me crap, I think I'm just so like, I don't care. You know, I'm going to continue to be a good person. I'm going to continue to try and have positive vibes towards people. And I don't let people bring me down. I don't let people, you know, like I I'll take that. That's fine. Now there are times where people, cross a line that I'm like, okay, I got I'm going to say something back. Yeah. Now. Like, <laughs> there's been a couple of times I've seen it. And I was just like, man, I just, yeah, there's been like, there's times where people cross the line and I, I, I respond or whatever the case is, but for the most part, I just ignore the stuff or I have fun with it. I think the other thing too is like, I'll have a smart ass comment back or, yeah. you know, I, yeah, you I don't like take myself too Iowa serious. State, that whole Iowa state Notre Dame. I had so much uh, fun month, with that, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> I have. I I that was one of my funnest mo- couple months on social media I've ever had. Dude, because you hammered, you hammered us. It was we all perfectly deserved after we got our asses beat. You, the but. thing was, is I wasn't going to be like that. You know, I didn't want to be like that. But after I started getting trash talked and trash talked and trash talked and trash talked. I was like, okay. And I never said anything. I was like, I'm going to just not saying anything. I'm not saying anything, not saying anything, you know? And really what pushed me over the edge with the whole thing was the day before the game, everyone was tweeting at me about how the pep rally was sold out for Iowa state and no one showed up for the Notre Dame one. And, and they just, I mean, I was getting it from all angles over it. And I finally, so when the game happened, when the game happened and the, and Notre Dame started to just really put it on them, I finally was like, and I had a couple Jamesons in me. I was like, I was like, you know what? I was like, I want blood. I want, I want there to be no doubt in this game who the more, you know, powerful team is and all that. And it just weeks of trash talk just started oozing out of me and it was, and yeah, and I had fun with it. And the thing too is as much as I'm having fun with it, like I'm not, I don't know. I'm a lot of the stuff that I do is sarcasm. You know, it's, it's, I'm not, I don't take personal shots. I don't do any of that. I just, I'm having fun. You know, if you want to, trash talk me i'm gonna trash talk you but at the same time like i will be completely honest like i don't want iowa state to be bad you know i want them to do good but if you're gonna come at notre dame i'm gonna defend myself and i'm gonna stand up for them but i get it as much crap as i took from iowa fans losing all the time when they went out to pasadena and got their asses absolutely waxed by stanford Man, the tweets and the Facebook posts were firing for me. I mean, yeah. was, and I was like, I don't care if they beat us 50 to nothing earlier this year. All the shit talking that you people got, you deserve every piece, every piece right. your way. Yeah. And, and, you know, like the, that God, that was just, that was such a fun couple months. And that was a fun day for me. In fact, it got, but it got to a point where my buddy Teddy texted me. And was like, uh, he's like, all right, get off your phone for the rest of the night. You, you need to put Twitter down. But I was like, but I'm having so much fun. Come on. Um, and But I also, you know, the thing too is like, I have fun, guys. But I also at the same time, I don't want to ever, I don't want to 
be an asshole or a douchebag. And that's like, for me, I, I want to have fun with certain situations. I want to make light of certain situations. Cause I think people take stuff, people take stuff way too serious. Oh yeah. You know? And that's when personal shots start happening and which they were the personal shots started coming at me. And I was like, I'm sorry that Notre Dame won 33 to nine. You don't have to sit here and start taking personal shots at me, you know, but you do you type thing. Um, but, but I like to just have fun, have fun with situations like life's too short to always be hundred percent serious about everything, you know? And I, I think that's, that's something that, that people sometimes have a hard time separating from. Mm-hmm. That's why Twitter sucks, Tim. Yeah. Because you can't, you can't have a conversation and you can't tell tones. But, and but, well, yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I also just think, uh, just people in, in their sports team in general, like people get so attached to that when you're attacking their, not even attacking, but when you're making fun of their sports team, they take that as a personal attack. Yeah. Right. And sure. so to your point about they're not being toned, that's clear. Um, they now went, okay, well, he said something, and boy, this became a personal attack because it's an attack on the school. It's an attack on me, and he's saying this with all sincerity, whereas you're just doing it lighthearted. And you don't – we can love sports without, you know, having it be any skin off of my back if my team doesn't succeed. Right. I mean, guys, that, that day, I had people wanting me to get fired. Like I had people <laughs> legitimately like, so dumb. like you need to lose your job because of how you're talking about Iowa state. And I was like, so dumb. I'm, I'm all I'm saying is what happened on the football field. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not taking any shots at Iowa state. I'm talking about, you know, that uh, Jones, the running back for Notre Dame went 80 yards and stiff armed the guy for 15 yards into the end zone. Like that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, and but it, and it came, dude. I came off as such a villain, which is fine. Like whatever. I came off as this Iowa State hater. Like Heather plays into it now. Where it's like, oh, you just hate on Iowa State. It's like, no, I don't. You know, do I take, do I poke the bear a little bit? Yeah, because I can. Because I have no skin in the game. I don't root for Iowa State, and I don't root for Iowa. I'm, I live in an outside world, living in Des Moines. You know, like I'm, I have no affiliation. I have no ties to either. So I try and give an, an honest outsider's opinion on things. And do I poke the bear? Yeah, because it's fun and I'm trying to have fun with things. It's okay to, you know, have some fun banter back and forth, but people take stuff way too serious. Like you said, they, I, me taking a shot at their sports team is like, I need to be sued or, you know, I need to be, I need to lose my job. It's Sean, like, it's an unwritten rule in radio. Don't you know about unwritten rules? <laughs> No, unwritten rules suck. They suck. They're the worst. What's what's what, what do they say? You don't want me to bat flip and, and, and trot around the bases and strike me out. I mean it's the same thing, right? Exactly. You don't want exactly you don't want to talk, you don't want me to talk shit, then don't lose 38 to 9. Right. And, and, I mean, it and is what it is. You know, that's my thing too. Like I play in a wood bat, men's bat or men's wood bat league. Like I don't take myself too serious there. Like I played college baseball. My whole life, baseball was serious and it was fun. Don't get me wrong, but you're my whole baseball career from little league all the way up until college was you take every game serious. I mean, it was, it was your life. I mean, it was your life. Right. And now I play in a wood bat league. I pay to play in the league. If I hit a single and I bat flip and jog to first base, I'm going to have some fun doing it. You know, like (laughs) I'm paying, I'm paying for this privilege. Like, (laughs) 
you know, like, and if you got a problem with it, throw at me. Sure. I don't care. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll bat flip when I go run the first base after you hit me. But like, my, I just, I want to have fun. I want to like enjoy the time that I can actually still put on cleats and play baseball. And, and that's if, if, if bat flipping singles and, and stuff, pisses people off or rubs you the wrong way. I don't, I don't care. It's not, that's a you problem. That's not a me problem. No, I, I love it. I was, I was lucky enough to, to do fantasy baseball camp when the all-star game was up here in, in yeah. Minneapolis. And I so badly wanted to bat flip after like a routine single, just because just to be an <laughs> ass. I Dude, I'm telling, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, I do it. I do it. I, <laughs> right. I, if not for, like Tim Laudner probably would have yelled at me uh, just for that, but it would have been worth it just to get Tim Laudner yelling at me. Uh, but yeah, that would have been so much fun. Listen, you don't think that there's been times I played golf and hit a shot right down the fucking fairway and I've spun that club in my hand a little longer just to stare at it. Let my buddies go. Yeah. Look at that. Right. Fucking Chris, down the middle. Chris, I'll, I'll, I'll hit a shot now. I'm a lot better golfer now than when I played with you a couple right. of years ago, but I'll be in the fairway now and I'll hit a shot that like goes a little bit left to the green and it's probably ends up on like the, you know, the fringe of the green, but I club twirl it. I walk it off. Like I just put that baby two feet right. from the hole. <laughs> that glove, cut her out. I, yeah. It's Hey, I didn't hit it in the woods. This is a win. Right. <laughs> that leads me into uh i wanted to ask you because you played grandview uh you played baseball for grandview and that brought you yeah. to best college sports moment for you oh god this is this is humble uh sean. i've never seen humble sean before this is interesting you know honestly <laughs> probably one of the the best sports moments I had in college like I had some of my juco that were cool um you know like I pitched a lot of big games and stuff I pitched against the defending national championships or champions in juco they played in our conference so I wasn't like you know we were playing in the playoffs or anything but that was really cool because everyone pretty much came back for them they were like a huge heavily freshman class when they won and they were all sophomores and it was this big deal that I got to start against them um but I would say probably the cooler, one of the cooler things I did actually was um, I actually got to start when we played Iowa. Um, my senior, my senior year at Grandview, we played Iowa. It was like, um, it was our spring break, and we went to Iowa. We traveled to Iowa City, and it's on their schedule. I mean, it was a regular season game. It was on their schedule, um, and I was lucky enough to get to start. Now it didn't go my way, and I went out there. I, I would. It was a staff game, so I pitched. I pitched the first inning. Um, but it was good, but I got the pleasure, I got like the honor to start it. Um, and that was, that was pretty badass. And, and to know that like, man, I got to pitch against a division one team on a division one field, you know, and, and a pretty well-known university. It wasn't like we were playing Chicago state or anything like that. You know, like I was pitching against Iowa and that was, that was pretty badass. Um, I would also say probably one of the cooler, moments I had was being able to pitch in the Metrodome um, growing up being a White Sox fan and that being a just a house of horrors for the White Sox um, and to be able to pitch on that mound and, and for me uh, as many games as I've watched just baseball in general on TV played in the Metrodome to sit there and, and pitch on that mound and, and to do it in front of my dad 
my parents traveled up for that game and, and were able to watch me pitch on a major league field, you know, or well, was a major league field. And, and, uh, that no, was, let's, let's be fair. That was a minor league field where major league baseball sometimes. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can tell you, I can tell you, um, warming up in the, uh, warming up in the outfield and running the warning track and actually feeling the tarp, uh, yeah. for the fence. It's interesting. But uh, I was like, oh man, okay, this is a baggie. Like everyone talks about, um, but I would say, I would say for sure the the Iowa start and being able to start in the Metrodome and pitch on that mound and and be in those dugouts and in those dugouts, major league guys had autographed all over the the dugouts. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, if pretty much if you played in there, you found a place to autograph. Hmm. Um, so that was kind of cool. And I don't know when that became a thing. If it was like the last year that the Metrodome was going to hold a major league game or whatever the case was, but that was pretty sweet to see. Yeah. I, I think they, they, they started doing that as kind of a farewell to the Metrodome. Farewell. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you didn't sign that Chong, you didn't stick your name in there somewhere. No, I was worried about winning the ball game. Chris. I, <laughs> <laughs> I went, I went, uh, I'd have, done. I'd, have, I'd, have, I'd have put my name right in there somewhere. I went one and one in the Metrodome. I, I started two games up there, um, different road trips, but we played, we played at two separate times in my senior year. We played up there the first series of the or second series of the year. And then we came back like a month later and played up there. Um, but yeah, that was uh, no, I wasn't worried about signing anything at that, at that point in time. <laughs> so. Worst moment, worst sports, worst college moment. If you Man, uh, I would say the worst college moment I had was losing losing our last game when I was at Grandview. Um, I had a lot of crappy moments, don't get me wrong, but I, the one that I always remember is is the game that we lost. I didn't play in it. I didn't pitch in it. Um, we were down in Paducah, Kentucky for our regional, and um, we lost to uh, – we lost to – was it? We lost to Peru State the first game down there and then we lost to uh bellevue the college of nebraska i think bellevue whatever but um the reason that sucked was because you don't like i mean that's your last time playing really competitive baseball like i mm-hmm. i obviously wasn't going in the pros i didn't know that there was a men's league you know that i could still play in so for me like walking on that bus for the last time i cried for 45 minutes because your whole life growing up playing little league and growing up playing in, in, in high school. And then you get the opportunity to play in college. Like everything worked, everything you did was up to that moment. Like everything you ever worked for all those times in the batting cages, the throwing bullpens, towel drills, you know, picking schools, all that stuff. It's all over now. And it's like, I'm no longer a college baseball player. What am I going to do? I will never put on metal spikes. And I mean, this is all my thoughts running through the head on the bus as I'm bawling my eyes out, but like, I'm never putting on metal spikes again for a competitive baseball game ever again. I never, you know, it's just, that was probably the worst moment because I was so sad and I was so sad that it was over. And I learned a lot about that. And it's something that, you know, when you can talk to younger kids and stuff and, and to cherish those moments, cherish going to practice, cherish all that stuff that you think that you don't want to do and do it and, and have fun doing it because just like that, it's over. And that was probably, yeah, that was, that was the, I mean, I, when I say 
cried. I mean, I bawled my eyes out for, we all did. I mean, everybody that was a senior on that bus, you know, cause you bust your ass and just like that, it's all over. And yeah. It's a pretty shitty feeling to be honest with you. And then you realize, well, all we can do now is go have some beers and drink all this away. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so here you are, uh, uh, you know, what almost a decade removed from all of that. Uh, how fast can you throw? <laughs> I, uh, I probably, I think like two years ago, I was at the iCubs game and I threw like 74. <laughs> um, my shoulder is absolutely shot. It probably needs surgery, honestly, uh, but I'll never, I, I don't, I won't do it. Like now in my wood bat league, I play third base. I might have a throw a game, which is, <laughs> which is good for me. But like, I have to take, I take like four ibuprofens before every game because my shoulder just, it's, it's so messed up <laughs> and you know, but it's weird because I'll throw a baseball and it hurts. But if I throw a football, like I did that bar swimmers tryout arm was fine. So it's just, it's, it's like a completely different throwing motion mm-hmm. that I've had to like alter. But um, if I warmed up, I'm probably could hit 75, 76, I think, but I wouldn't be able to do much after about three or four throws. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be toast. Um, but when I was in college, I threw probably, I threw between 84, 86 consistently. I hit 88 once. That was pretty badass. But, <laughs> there, um, there are a lot. This seems to be the year where all of the position pitchers or position players are pitching innings. Uh, yeah, I hate it. Apparently no one wants it. to have, uh, like a real pitching staff anymore. And so they just start. Throwing in all it. these position players throwing. So, I mean, you could go Williams Estadio and just throw 45 miles an hour the entire Yeah, day. see, <laughs> and see, like, yeah, I hate that shit. And I've been very vocal about it. Like, like, like Chris, I know you follow me on Twitter, but when I was, when I went on the thing when Anthony Rizzo struck out Freddie Freeman, right? And everybody like, was laughing or whatever. Everyone's else. laughing. Having a good, I'm like, this is, I was like, this, I was like, this is bullshit. Like, why is this being celebrated? Your team's getting your ass kicked. You know, like I struggle, my competitiveness struggles, like, like that's not okay. You know, like if my, if I'm, if my team's losing 10 down by 10 runs, why are we laughing about this? Why is this all happy and celebrated? And to go back to what happened last week with the twins and your mean Mercedes, imagine he strikes out your mean Mercedes. Yeah. Right. Blast it all over major league baseball. Social media is on fire. Everyone's like, this is the funniest thing in the world. Oh, my God. He hits a home run, and then his manager comes out and makes him a villain. Yeah, that was that was just that was just dumb. Like I've never been a fan of the unwritten rules of of baseball. They're bullshit. Any of, any of they're them. Bullshit. I, I think I think they're all ridiculous. And and for anyone in the twins organization or or any of the the uh, announcers or any fan to get annoyed by that it's like well i mean well first of all we've got an entire pitching staff that might as well just be a, a batting tee or like right coach pitch <laughs> underhand yeah. like it's a slow pitch pitching staff in the first place uh but if you're gonna get mad about that it's already a novelty situation that this is going on you didn't put in williams astadio because you thought that he was really good and it's not like <laughs> suddenly now it's not like, you know, 
It's not like you're dunking on a third grader in, in a basketball game. Like it's. I, w- I would though. Oh, oh, oh I, t- <laughs> I was saying to my friend the other day, these kids were playing basketball in their driveway. And I'm like, do you have any idea how much I want to run over there and swat with I them right there, now? There's a part of me that can't wait to have a kid one day and just. Put them through the trenches, like just dunk on them, block his shots, all that fun stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's funny for like the first 20 times and then you just start to feel like I mean, it and you feel bad, right? <laughs> it does make you feel good. My, yeah, it's confidence booster. Uh, right. Yeah, I know. I, I've been trying to I've been trying to teach my daughter how to how to throw. Um I really hope that my daughter is like a really good writer. I think that's the way I'm going to put what I think her sports career is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the, the, uh, the unwritten rule shit is, and, and I was really pissed off about what happened with Tony LaRusso last week, all that stuff. It just really fired me up because just it put a target on it on Mercedes's back. Yeah. And then, you know, it just escalated things. They they caused unnecessary drama. Yeah. You know, at the time they had the best record in baseball, and here you go, and you you literally the dude that is in a sense saved your season because of injuries, mm-hmm. and and carried the weight for the first month and a half. You pretty much and and his stat line since those comments, awful. Yeah. He went over four today and left ten runners on base. Or seven runners on base in scoring position, like he's just he's been awful since that. So like now you're in his, something mentally has happened, and and it's just like just let the dudes have fun, man. Like I hate that shit. I really you want to watch somebody have fun? Watch Tim Anderson play. Watch him play the game. Guy like Byron Buxton. Watch him play the game. Like these these dudes have so much fun and they're so damn good. I would love to you know? watch Byron Buxton. Can I know, you, but he's always you hurt. Make him healthy. I would appreciate. <laughs> he's that. always hurt. You know, <laughs> I mean, but Chris, you come. Javi Baez, like, yeah, watch oh. Javi Baez play the game, man. Like that is how the game needs to be played. And and I, bat flips, you know, maybe having some fun, talking a little smack. Like if you're a pitcher, Trevor Bauer, watch Trevor Bauer. Mm-hmm. Trevor Bauer talks so much shit on the mound. And it's awesome to watch. And he's come out and said, you don't want me talking shit? You hit a home run and bat flip? You, de- you deserved it. You know how hard right. it is to hit a home run? You know you know how hard it is to get a base hit in Major League Baseball? It, I, uh, I just I hate all the unwritten rule shit. You know, but I what are you going to do? Same way, and, I, and it's the same way for me in football. And, I mean, taunting I, I get. But, you know, the celebrations, let them have some fun. That's, that's, that's the whole part of – of the allure of the game and and blackouts are are terrible. I, I can't remember the last time I've watched a Cubs game because <laughs> I can't find them anywhere. Yeah. The the, the not, blackout I'm, your, the, I'm probably the black- your typical baseball fan. Like I'll watch two or three innings. I can't sit down and watch an entire game. But, you know, if I see it on and I'm like, oh I'll flip it on and then I get that message, I'm just like, I mean, even you you can't even suck me in now because you're not even giving me a chance to even watch it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the blackout rules worst. And the thing too, like I've said this on the Saturday morning pregame, like I don't even like talking about it anymore because it's a dead it's a dead issue. It's not going away anytime soon. It's it, it like the all the bitching in the world that everyone does on social media or we do on radio shows or on TV, like major league baseball knows. 
you know, they know it's a problem. They know it's an issue. The problem is they can't do anything about it. And it's not going to end anytime soon. Well, you so know? Bl- blackouts made sense. So, you know, a decade ago, Vikings games would get blacked out here locally because attendance was so low at the game. Yeah. Right? And that makes sense. Jacksonville but, did this. Jacksonville did the same thing with the Jaguars. And and so those blackouts I get because why, you know, get people to go to the game. But when you're in the middle of a freaking pandemic and you're blacking out games, you're and not. Nobody can go. Yeah, you're not doing it to encourage fan interaction. You're literally discouraging fan interaction. That is well, a completely different approach. And they took something from from a period where it made sense and realized the benefit they could get out of doing that to a point where it no longer made sense for anyone. And it, and it just, it just right. hit their bottom line well, in a different way. And, and nothing makes sense in Iowa. We're blacked out of six major league baseball teams. We don't have one in this state. We're blacked out of six of them. And that means you're blacked out of technically 12 because the six and then whoever they're playing. Yeah. So, so on every every night that there major that there's major league baseball, the state of Iowa misses out on watching half of the league, and that's awful. That's dumb. And and, and they really want to talk about growing the game. It's a terrible way to do it. And and but like I was saying, it's not changing anytime soon. Like Xfinity and all these TV networks, you know, like now there's what Valley Sports Network or whatever they. Whatever that's the, that's the dumbest thing. I I I just can't. I thought Bally was Bally. like Bally Total Fitness or it whatever. Is, it's, the, the, it's the exact same company. <laughs> like and that. I, I can't like get all used of a sudden they're a TV network. You know. I can't get. But used like, to, it makes me feel uncomfortable just to say. <laughs> but like, they're not. They're not calling up Major League Baseball going tomorrow, saying, "Hey, we need to stop our contract and allow these restrictions to be lifted." Like, they're not. It's not happening. Right. And Major League Baseball is not going to push for it. Why? Because they're making shit tons of money. Yeah. You know, so it's a dead argument for it. Like, I, I hate talking about it, but I mean, I have no problem talking with you guys. But like, when we're on the air, and it, <laughs> when it, but like when it comes up, when it comes up on the air, and it's like once a week, we're sitting here rehashing. It's like, right? It's not yeah, it. Like nothing's changing. You know. Yep. Well, well, what What do you think it would take for it to change? It would take for these networks um, to – the networks of Major League Baseball need to sit down. Major League Baseball needs to say, hey, like there has to be some sort of an incentive for streaming, right? Right? Like they, they have to make their money somehow. So I don't know, and, and I don't have the answers for it, you know, right? But you – to sit there and sell something like MLB TV, which is a great thing and is – Hell of a platform. I mean, they were ahead of the game a long time ago by putting this out there. But again, why am I going to spend 130 something dollars on where I'm blacked out of watching half of the league? Doesn't make any sense well, to and, me. And uh, the number of stories I don't have MLB TV. Uh, the number of stories that I hear though when I talk to my friends that say, "Hey, I'm blacked out on my TV and I can get it on my phone," and I don't understand why I can get it on my phone and not my TV. Uh, because geographically- there are some games, there are some games like if, if like, so if ESPN, if, if they're, if they're doing like, say, say the Cubs and the Cardinals are playing on a Tuesday 
on Tuesday night baseball or whatever the case is on ESPN. Right. Well, and the local regional coverage is still carrying the game. ESPN would be blacked out for you because the regional coverage always wins. So if you're, if you're able to watch it on Valley sports network mm-hmm. um, and they're doing a, they're doing a broadcast, but it's also being broadcast on ESPN and that's the national like, Oh yeah, we were playing on ESPN on, on Monday night baseball. That's great. But if Valley sports Network's also carrying the game, you're going to be blocked out, blacked out from the ESPN game because they want you to watch the regional game. It's so much bullshit that. It, it uh, seems like they're both ahead and behind on streaming. So they're, they're ahead in that they were the first ones, to, you know, out of the gate with streaming and understanding that. But I think the model of how people watch TV and live TV in particular has completely changed. It's completely changed. Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball, just they can't get out of their own way in anything they ever do. So, well, it's kind of like the unwritten rules. There's a whole bunch of, of old curmudgeons that probably need to move on from the game yeah. uh, that miss the way things were. You want, you want to know how dumb it is? The White Sox, literally, their slogan is hashtag change the game, which is all about bat flipping and having fun and doing all this stuff. And their manager comes out and says, no, we can't have any of this shit. Yeah, I don't uh, want them swinging out there. So you completely yeah. contradicted your entire marketing campaign. Yeah, you should if have hired a manager who's 3,000 years old. If you're Brooks Boyer, the marketing manager for, for the Chicago White Sox, like, how do you come back from that? You've created a hashtag that is literally hashtagged on Twitter. And now, like, when people use it, it's like, well, we're obviously not. We're against that from a managerial standpoint. Like, I saw well, a- I saw a story today about uh, the White Sox. They had a special lounge area in the uh, in the stadium. This is yeah, and this after, is tragic. Named after an employee, I think what she had like sixty years there, right? They, she had retired. She had she had been an employee of the White Sox for sixty years. They had mm-hmm. dedicated this whole section uh, to her and whatever, and they changed the name to Larusa's Lounge for Tony Larusa after they had made this big deal and honored this employee and everything else. Yeah. So they, they named the, uh, um, the woman, she worked there for over 60 years in uh, 2005 when the White Sox were playing in the world series game one, they honored her because she, it was like her last season. They honored her by naming this lounge, which is on the concourse after her and someone that must've used to work with her or been there walked past it today and noticed that it was changed to, the Russa's lounge and he he was the one that put the story out there and obviously puts it on twitter that gains traction and right now the white Sox fan base is like he's like enemy number he's public enemy number one nothing like having your manager be public enemy number one of the fan base and you're also in first and you're also in first place like so that yeah that went viral today and that blew up and the white Sox did confirm that that was her lounge they renamed it after Russa's lounge that's been confirmed. So, um, again, the White Sox, once again, just shoot themselves in the foot with nonsense. So, so as a White Sox fan, I, I wondered, right? So, you know, with the White Sox brought in, brought Tony out of, just, yeah, as I say, not just retirement, when they brought it, when they dug him up out of the ground and brought him back to the game, part of it is they couched it to, uh, hey, here's this guy who won manager of the year for us 30 whatever years ago i mean like you weren't even alive uh the last time he managed the white Sox. what was what were your impressions when when they hired him dumb 
just it. So they, I mean, he, they, he doesn't even understand the extra innings game. Rules no, anymore, no, right? no, he does not. Well, now he should. Um, <laughs> so Jerry Reinsdorf, Hawk Harrelson, who used to be the pro, the play-by-play guy for the White Sox, was yep. a general manager back in the '80s, and he was the one that fired Tony Larusa. And obviously, yep. Jerry Reinsdorf signed off on it. Yep, because he was the owner at the time. And Jerry Reinsdorf is pretty like the whole reasoning behind him and Tony are like best friends. And he wanted to bring him back and kind of right a wrong in a sense. And saw this opportunity where I think he wanted to have the safe route because you have this up and coming, very young, talented team that is like the rebuilds over. This team is ready to win now. I want a for sure thing because I don't want to hire a manager and there's all these question marks, right? Like we, we don't want to do any of that. We want a guy that's going to come in, knows how to win a world series. has been there, done that, all that fun stuff. And that was part of the reason behind it. And it threw everybody, not only the fan base, but everybody in Chicago. And I think everyone around baseball off. Um, it wasn't a hire that was well-liked probably by about 75 to 80% of the franchise. Mm-hmm. It was well known in Rick Hahn when he introduced him in the press conference, kind of like, yeah, here's Tony LaRusso, you know, like I didn't make this hire. This is a total Jerry Reinsor fire, which it was total Jerry Reinsor fire. The owner. Um, I, my initial reaction was why, and why are we, why are we doing this? Why is um, like, why now when we're about to, hopefully go on this competitive streak for the next 10 years of being a competitive baseball team. Mm -hmm. Why are we sticking to a manager that has been out of the game since 2011? It's a lot of question marks. And then like reality sets in and you just go, well, what am I going to do? He's not going anywhere. I I want him to succeed. But then the the season starts and then like, it just feels like every two weeks we're running into a situation where he does some bullshit. You know, or he for, he doesn't know a rule or he completely outs his player to the media the next day. Like it's just every two weeks something happens and it's just like, just stop talking. Stop doing just, I don't know. It, I, so it I reminded know. me a little bit and, and, you know, he's done a little bit better than I thought, but it reminded me a little bit when, when Arizona state uh, hired Herm Edwards who, who hadn't, coached in forever and a day and in like his very first press conference just sounded so out of touch and yep. confused and just like how the hell is this going to work out and they've had mixed success with him over the last well shit I guess it's been like four seasons now yeah uh, um but you know sometimes you wonder how much of that I mean I wonder this with with Larusa right you guys are in first place how much is that because of or in spite of him? You know what I mean? I, I'm calling it now. After the Mercedes situation last week, Sox are on the Spike Tour. Spike Tour 2021. Mm-hmm. When, like, what I care about is the 26 guys in that in that clubhouse. What I care about are guys like Tim Anderson, Lucas Giolito, um, Jose Abreu, Yohan Mikata. The guys that have been here the last four or five years that went through all the bullshit and the rebuild and all that nonsense. I want those guys to succeed. And I, and, and, you know, we talk about, you know, like on the morning rush, I've told Travis, like, 
if the White Sox somehow, someway, with all the injuries and all the bullshit, win the World Series, he'll be the first manager to ever get booed at a World Series parade. Oh, sure. That's how much disdain that the fan base has, has towards him. You know, and he doesn't help his situation at all. Like I said, every two weeks, it's something. Something happens where they're just like, why are we doing this to ourselves? But he's not going anywhere. So it's just like just waiting for another week or so. And then he'll say or do something stupid and he won't know a rule or he'll bash a player publicly to the media and we'll be still somehow in first place. And and then he'll get forgotten about forgotten about. And then another two weeks will happen and it'll all happen all over again. So. <laughs> we will see. We will see. I want to give you a chance to to give a little shout out to your to your podcast and to your Saturday morning show. Yeah. Um, so I do the. By the way, I've been bruising. I can't find that sub hat anywhere. What is that special? Just for. So I got this specially made. I got this specially made. Um, we all we have like our 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 sub merchandise and everything like that. But the hat I got specially made. And it's a one of one, um, but the idea behind it is, now there is an idea to actually sell the hats and you know in general um, and kind of do with like what we did with the t-shirts and all that. For those of you who don't know, we made sub t-shirts um, that went with kind of the you know themes like I wanted to do college themes, you know, yeah. mainly for like a tailgate shirt sure. type idea. So like for Iowa State, we did like sub aims and in cardinal and, and gold. We did Sup Des Moines and blue and white for for Drake. Sup Iowa City and black and gold for Iowa. Um, Sup Cedar Falls for for you and I fans in the purple and gold. Um, we did a Sup Iowa one that which is in black and uh, baby blue, which is the colors of Iowa Chill because um, we we do a lot with the guys from Iowa Chill. Um, and then we just did regular plain black and white Sup stuff or Sup shirts. Huh, um, so I, what is anyone else doing merchandise in the color of of Iowa? Oh yeah, like universities in yeah, the state of are. Iowa, uh, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ours, ours has been out since God. I would have been when did we release it? Probably like December, November, or December. I think if I can remember right. Um, but, but yeah, this the the podcast is me and my buddies, and we we uh, we just talk about our lives and what's going on, and and somehow, some way, people listen to it and 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 we we've got sponsors and and we have a vip section named named after us at a bar and and um it's kind of it's become a thing which is it's cool for me you know like it's awesome but yeah it's just us talking about life and what we're going through and and you know whether we we go out to a bar or you know um like our buddy just had a baby so we talk about that and being a new dad and us being 30 years old and not knowing what the hell we're doing or anything, you know, stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, the pot, we actually haven't recorded an episode in about a month or in about a month because our producer slash guy that does all like the editing and everything. Um, my buddy, Jose, he's the one that had the baby. So he's kind of like on baby watch and doesn't know when he can get away and all that type stuff. So we've kind of put a halter on that, but we're trying to come up with ideas for more content until we can get back to recording. Um, and we've just did some stuff like uh, Justin Smull, who does our gambling podcast. We have a gambling podcast attached, attached to our company. Um, and Justin is a pro golfer um, and also kind of a professional gambler that just moved back from Vegas. Um, so he works out at Hyperion uh, Country Club in Johnston. Um, but he, uh, he uh, me and him just 
did some some cool we just shot a commercial the other day um i can't say who it's for or when it will be released because it's kind of a pitch commercial um but uh but hopefully that gets launched and uh it'll be kind of cool um, to do but i was just caddy i'll just put it that way i had a whole caddy get up going on um but yeah our ball don't lie podcast is 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 awesome and and him and teddy our, our business partner they do they run it and they they win a lot of money they win a lot of money and and it was something that we always wanted to do is to have kind of a separate gambling podcast and um and they they're really good at gambling <laughs> so uh but yeah and then the saturday morning pregame it's on every Saturday, eight to ten on KXNO. Uh, myself, Eric Samora, our producer Justin Miller. Um, we have fun, man. I, I I want that show to be fun. I want it to be something that you can turn on on a Saturday morning, whether and you're driving to Home Depot, or you're driving down to the farmers market, you're getting to run your kids to the little little league or whatever. I want it to be fun. I want it to be energetic. I want it to be exciting, and, and uh, obviously keep you up to date on what's going on in the world of sports. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we just want to have fun with it and, and the ratings reflect the, the ratings reflect it. And, uh, um, which was, which was awesome to see. And so we're doing something right. So that's good. It's a, it's a perfect time for me. I can get out of the gym right around eight o'clock and turn you guys on unless to you on the way home. And, and I'll usually do some stuff around the house and, and try to podcast the rest of it and listen to it. But it's, it's good stuff. I will say, I said this once to you when we were playing golf. You're missing out on a chance to do live call-in from tailgate where people can tell you what they're, what they're grilling and what they're, you know, what the tailgate well, is. So I'm just saying, if you need a correspondent <laughs> for the Iowa state tailgates, I know well, I no, here, here, here's the thing is my, <laughs> FYI, my, anytime I can pitch uh, ourselves, I've been, I've been trying to, to, to finagle a spot into that cyclone sound off spot with Heather. I brought that up to her when we were <laughs> there. Hey, there you go. There you go. You got it. I, I, here's the thing, Chris. I full on support, like, and I will be very adamant about this football season. Come Saturday mornings, like, if you're out there tailgating and we're on the air, I want pictures being tweeted in. I want videos. I want phone calls. I want it to be a two hour, whether it's in Iowa, whether it's in Iowa State whether it's at you and I, whether it's Drake, I want it to be a tailgate show. Like that's the, 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 the point of it is to be a tailgate show and to lead you. If it's an 11 o'clock kick, we're leading you up to kick off. If it's um, you know, if it's two 30 kick, hopefully we're kicking off your tailgate the right way. Like I want it to be a tailgate show for college football season. You know, like now, like where we're at now. Yeah. We can break down hockey playoffs and do all that. And, and, and really try and dive into all the fun sports stuff crap that we can whatever but come football season football for two hours nfl college if you're tailgating if you want to chug a beer live on the air i don't care call in 284-5966 chug that beer live on the air that's what i want <laughs> so all right. well there you go tim after chance <laughs> Oh yeah, I will. I I will call in from not tailgating uh, up here in in Minneapolis, but from couch tailgating, and I'll, and I'll do the same. That's fine. That works just fine. Just <laughs> put on like the surround sound, act like you you know you're around a bunch of cars and all that. But if you just want to say I'm in my living room and just want to chug a beer on the air, then that works. <laughs> I will say the last time <laughs> when we uh when we when we did our show up in Ames two years ago for the Iowa state, Iowa game. We were, it was like, God, we were finally coming to an end to our four hour show. 
And I was just like, I was beat, like mentally just drained from, I mean, it's a long show. And you had to do sound off that night, didn't you? I, yeah, I got off the air and I pretty much got my car pieced back to Des Moines and then the game got delayed. So I was sitting in the studio, up, we were up to like 2 a.m. doing that. So we left to go up to Ames that morning, me and Emery at 3 a.m. Um, to beat traffic and find out where we were. And I was on the air to like 2 a.m. So I almost did like 24 hours. That was uh, that was a long day. But I remember that we were wrapping up that show almost, and it was our last commercial break. And Ted Flint came by, came by our stage. And I literally, I didn't care what was happening. I took my headphones off. I ran off the stage and I had a AD, like some listeners stopped and gave us a bunch of bush lights and the bush light guy was on the stage with us, you know? So I was drinking one and I think I had like three fourths of one left and I ran off the stage with my beer. I saw Ted Flint and I just was like, I just started chugging right in front of his face and we chugged the beer together during a commercial break. So that was, <laughs> that was my, my memory of the Iowa state game pretty much was, was that, but, uh, Hopefully there's a lot more of that stuff in store and we can, we can be up there. And I would love if we had the opportunity to do that again this year up in Ames, especially, especially with how big that game's going to be, that would be badass. So um, hopefully we can get put up there for, for that Saturday. That'd be sick. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I boy, I, I'm gonna have to come down for a game this year. I'm I'm just gonna have to do you it. Just gotta, I I might have a couple tickets for the. Chris Island. goes to every. You go to every game. You got season tickets, Chris? I do have season tickets. Yep. Yeah, my 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 yeah. dad used to have season tickets, and he dropped them a few years ago. And I'm always a, a little disappointed on that one. So yeah, Chris, you'll you'll have to fill in for my dad, I guess. Well, so here's the here's the thing. We we are planning. I'm planning with my buddy, my other friend Tim. He's got a rag bride bus, and. Two years ago, we did the Iowa Iowa State game, and let me tell you, we got a light. We got a late start heading up there, and I was watching Twitter, and everybody was bitching and complaining that there was nowhere to park and the traffic was insane. And I was like, I was like, I'm not sure we're gonna find a spot with this fucking bus when we get up here. And we get up to the side of the stadium, and uh, they had it. They had it blocked off, yeah, uh, to the right where you would go to like vet med or whatever. And I told my buddy, Tim, I said, hop off and run down to that lot and see if they have any spots. So he's running down there. We're stuck in traffic. Sure enough, they got a spot. So he runs back with the parking pass. The cops let us in and we slid right into this front spot. It was the luckiest thing you ever fucking saw in your life. I don't know how we got there. You this. go. But <laughs> we're going to try to do it again in two, in two years. So anybody wants to ride up, you guys want to ride up with us, tailgate. It'll be a good time. So we'll do a, we'll do a live pregame show. There you go. There right. you go. <laughs> I'm going to ask you one more question, and then we'll yeah we'll go. And 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 if Tim's got anything else, so we always try on here to you know to to enlighten people and to give some advice and whatever. We talk dad stuff or whatever, but I'm going to ask you how you how would you measure success, and by that measurement, who is the most successful person you know? Oh, shit. My measured success is happiness. I think if you're, I think no matter what you're doing in life, um, I think no matter what you're doing in life, if you're happy, that's success. You know, if you're ha if you get up and you love what you're doing, if you get up and you just, you're loving life, if you get up and you're 
being a good person and you're, you have a good family and you're a good family man and you're, you're, you're doing all that. Um, that's success. I don't look at it as money. I don't look at it as, you know, you're some CEO of a company like, yeah, to, to some people that is success. Like that's the pinnacle of business or whatever the case is. But for me, my success, what I look at it is, am I happy? And if I'm happy and I'm, I have a good life, I, I have, you know, good girlfriend, great dog. That's success. Like I'm successful right now. You know, that's a success for me. And because I'm happy, I wake up every day and I'm happy. I get to wake up and do something that I love doing. You know, I get to be a part of it. And, and that's how, yeah, that's how I measure success is happiness. Uh, the most successful person I know, man. Uh, Based on that definition. You can say me. It's fine. I, I, <laughs> I won't be, I won't be. You know, <laughs> you know, I would, I, it's going to come off weird, but I think just in overall, the most, one of the most successful people I know is Brooks Reynolds does bacon fest. Yeah. Brooks has become, he's become a good buddy of mine, but he has, he's one of the happiest guys I know. He is one of the most giving people that I know. Um, I mean, what he does for charities and fundraisers and, and all that. Um, obviously, has he had financial success? Yes, yes. But he's done well with that. And he's, um, but he's just so happy. He's always happy. You know, and he always wants people to be involved in everything and wants people to be happy around him. And he's one of those people that you cannot, Put a smile. You cannot not have a smile on your face when you're around Brooks. And to me, that's a successful person. If they can have that impact on you to where, you know, that's what I try and be. I want people to have smiles around their face when I'm around them. And I want people to be in a good mood and, and, and that. But um, I would say, I would say Brooks, he's probably just on an overall human being business, all that. Brooks is probably one of the more successful people I know. Off the top of my head, I, without even like really thinking about it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, I like that answer. I, I think that's good. Uh, someone who can kind of find uh, balance and enjoyment in all areas of life, I think is, is, yeah. is uh, I mean, that's certainly admirable. It's something that, you know, I, I've struggled with. So I, I appreciate that answer for sure. Have you got anything else? Uh, no, man. I, I, I kind of hijacked some of this with a lot of baseball talk. I don't, I don't talk, I don't talk baseball, baseball people, so I, I, that's, that's somewhere I probably could have gone on for hours with that. So Sean, yeah, listen, I'm sure that. that three or four White Sox fans that are in central Iowa will love it. <laughs> 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 Sorry, man. We've got a lot of White Sox. <laughs> I like it. I don't get to do it much. So yeah, no, it, that, this, this, uh, this AL central, I got to talk with someone uh, and, and just all, all the twins fans are, bringing me down so uh no i i appreciate that sean i, I appreciate uh, you coming on taking some time to to chat with us yeah uh, i'm looking forward I'll, I'll actually be down in central iowa this weekend so i'll i'll make sure to to pop on kxno on saturday morning and, and give you a listen we won't be do, we won't be doing a show this saturday because memorial day weekend so oh, but well. you, you can always you can always catch us on the iheart radio app though. oh well, then perfect right. perfect Perfect. We'll, we'll be back on the air next Saturday. All right. Well, so. <laughs> John, thank you very much for giving us your time and, and giving us uh, 
coming down here on uh, to the lowly ranks of of old man strengths. <laughs> hey man, hey, thank thank you guys for having me. I I appreciate it. And hey, don't worry about listens. Don't worry about any of that shit. If, if you guys are having fun, if you guys right. are, if you're if, if you're having fun, that's all that matters. And if and don't let any of that stuff ever stop you from doing something that could become a hobby or a passion. Like just keep going, man. Just keep going. Amen. So appreciate it, boys. All right, man. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Yep. See you later. Yep. Have a good one, guys. Yep. Look at us all be professional and everything else, Tim. <laughs> uh, you know, I think the longer we do this, the more we're figuring some things out, which is good. Uh, I'm I just get really encouraged by the guests that we have had. You know, the the whole impetus, the whole conceit of this podcast is that we're learning lessons. We're teaching lessons and we're learning lessons. And I feel like I learn way more lessons than I teach on this podcast. And, and uh, you know, that's that's someone a little bit different, you know, younger than us, uh, taking a very different path in their life than, than either you or I. Um, but is is still someone who's frank and, and honest and, and someone who's who's trying to learn and he, as he goes and, and share a lot of that as well. So that was, that was fun to talk to him. Yeah. You can find wisdom in a lot of different areas in a lot of, in a lot of places. And sometimes you, you tend to, sorry, I, we have a visitor. I, I was, was going to say, sometimes oh, you can find wisdom in a lot of, of, of places. Right, and right, then right. Caitlin walks in. Caitlin, uh, <laughs> when we're trying to have a serious conversation is making these little puppet things. <laughs> trying to get me to giggle and laugh. Do you realize we're still recording, right? I mean, you're you're the third host here anymore. I don't. It's gonna be a long summer. Want some ASMR. I, what is that? Oh, good lord! Don't no, don't even get into it. Don't let her introduce ASMR to this podcast. Someone else. So someone, while Caitlin is here, uh, a friend of mine uh, has a 15 year old daughter, and she had just told me today that she likes to misuse slang in front of her daughter and she brought up bussin and I started freaking out because I was like I just learned about that word this last like a week or two ago I just learned about bussin uh there was one that she did bring up though that I did not hear last week uh gang 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 yeah yeah what 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 does that mean I don't know Oh. Gang gang, just because you, you, you just like you're just saying it's like I'm getting ready to roll out. I'm like gang gang. Yeah, getting re- yeah, confirming plans or getting ready to go is basically the way yeah, it was okay. sold to me. I so, don't. I that's that's one phrase I could have lived my life without knowing. Uh, I forgot to put on sunscreen today. Well, that's that that plays well for uh, a, a podcast that that can't see. Yes. <laughs> Falling off the rails. You just edit my whole part out. Oh no. Uh, all right. Yeah. It's gonna be a long, long summer. Uh yeah, man. Um you know, you started off this podcast talking about how, how the boys are, are graduating and, and you guys are kind of moving on to the next phase of your life, but I think this this summer is going to make sure you're firmly entrenched in this part of the life for what feels like a lot longer than three months absolutely <laughs> uh well good man um 
Well, shoot, I, I this one was a little bit different for us, but I I absolutely enjoyed it. I I love when we can just kind of sit down and have a conversation. Um, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. So so good, good guest, good guest. Um, well, I man, with that, anything else? Well, we got t-shirts for sale, sweatshirts for sale. So uh, hit up uh, Old Man Strength on Twitter. We've got the uh, the link pinned to the top. Um, and I think next episode, Father's Day episode, we'll bring out some Melvin-isms. How's that sound? I am looking forward to that. If there's one thing uh, that I appreciate ever every father's day since I've been a father is how little I know as a father. Uh, so it will be fun to, to learn from the wisdom of Melvin. I'm giving, uh, I'm getting rounded up some Melvinisms that he used to tell people and maybe we'll make a nice little top 10 list. I love so, it. Yeah. I think that's um, great. Excellent. Well, uh, thank you everyone. You have wasted another, I don't know, hour, hour and a half with the two of us. Hopefully it, uh, you have enjoyed your time as much as the two of us have, because we always have a blast doing these. But this has been another episode of Old Man Strength, a podcast of the Tailgate Society. Please check us out on the web at thetailgatesociety.com, as well as all the other articles, podcasts, and other tomfoolery that goes on with the tailgate society crew a bunch of great creative contributors with a lot of great stuff out there so please check us out check us out on twitter as chris said at uh strength underscore old at sigrad dad at tim johnson mn and with that we will see you guys next time i don't want to get on the bandwagon i'll burn that wagon down and join the band Traveling troubadours terrorizing street corners Just to try to get some supper in our hands Now I waited all my life to get this off my chest Green bloody murder until someone understands That it ain't about the money, the drugs, or the women I make this noise just because I can And we'll all join in To that original sin